That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. Yo, what's up? Thanks for tuning in today to another episode of Sober Guy Radio. Thanks to humans for bringing us in, and of course, thanks to you for supporting the show. Today's guest is Charlie the Spaniard Brenneman, and Charlie is a professional MMA fighter, former member of the UFC. He's a speaker, he's a mentor, he's an author, he's also a dad and a husband. Uh, He had a successful high school wrestling career, which took his talents to Lock Haven University. And uh, he achieved a top 12 finish at Division I Nationals and uh, also made first team all academic. I uh, decided to go on and teach Spanish for the next three years and simultaneously was featured on the show, Sp- on uh, Spike TV show Pros versus Joes, which he ultimately ended up winning. Uh, shortly after that, he decided to leave his job as a Spanish teacher and uh, go on to pursue his master's degree and uh, begin his professional fighting career which the Spaniard was born shortly after. In 2011, he was ranked as high as number seven in the world. And uh, just last year in 2015, he also published his autobiography, Driven, My Unlikely Journey from Classroom to Cage. And it's a damn good book. We talk quite a bit about it in the episode. Get into some of Charlie's uh, peaks and valleys of his career. Uh, I want to be upfront. Charlie is not an alcoholic or an addict, nor did he really have any substance abuse issues uh, in his family. He really came from a a great background, which to be honest with you is refreshing to hear uh, for, for, you know, once to have, um, you know, a guest come on uh, who's super cool. And at that comes from a good solid uh, background. um, I thought was, was nice to hear, Um, you know, too, too often we hear the stories of just a really rough upbringing. And I, and I, I, I say that with all respect to those, Um, you know, and even in my own case, but it is refreshing to hear some good positive, um, vibes that there's still some good solid families out there, um, that, uh, that, that don't struggle with a lot of the, a lot of the really tough issues. Um, that being said, you might be wondering, well, if Charlie's not an addict, not an alcoholic, why have him on? Let me tell you why, because regardless of that, let's put the substance abuse aside. Recovery is a life issue. Uh, we all go through a lot of the same stuff. And here's some of the stuff that we talked about in this episode. We talked about self-doubt. We talked about surrender. We talked about the mental game. Uh, we talked about sucking at things and how it's okay to suck and we have to suck to get better at things. Uh, you know, Charlie talks about coming from a wrestling background. He had to learn how to kick. He had to learn how to punch. Uh, to be able to fight in the UFC. And in order to do that as a, a, you know, a grown man have to learn that over. I mean, it's tough sometimes and we got to get over those, those kinds of hangups if we want to progress and we want to learn and we want to get better at things in life, whether that's in relationships or going on in Charlie's case to fight in the UFC. Uh, we talked about the importance of a support group. We talked about, or we talked about harnessing anxiety and how to harness anxiety and turn it into positive energy. Uh, and we also talked about identity. Uh, but I just wanted to be upfront with that in case you were wondering, 
Um, you know, why? Well, this is why, and I'm really stoked to bring this to you. I think you're going to love it. Charlie's a great dude. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stop blabbing right now and, uh, we'll get a word from our sponsor first and a couple other short plugs after that. And then we'll get to Charlie's episode. At Foundations Recovery Network, our mission is to create lifetime relationships for long-term recovery. In our history of doing good is the promise of your future getting better. So if you or someone you love needs help, please know we are here to help. And the sign on our door says, we care. We create an individualized treatment plan for the whole person, for the whole you, because to us, you matter. The first step to recovery is heroic. We know that. And with our heroes in recovery movement, we honor those who have taken that step toward recovery and stand up for you and stand beside you and stand together to break the stigma placed on addiction. Call our confidential and private line at 877-714-1318. We are here to help you. And help has a phone number, 877-714-1318. Make the call. We're listening. We're Foundations Recovery Network. Thanks to Foundations for supporting the show. Go to thatsoberguy.com. You can check out all kinds of past episodes. You can get the free six quick tips to quit drinking in 24 hours, a little guide I put together. It is not going to save your ass immediately. You got to put the work in. You got to move your ass to make your mind follow. But this little guide I put together is some of the quick tips that others shared with me in rehab and outside of rehab to help get me going on a path um, to just celebrating three years of sobriety on September 11th of this year. So um, check that out. It's a free download. You can get it at thatsoberguy.com along with uh, other cool little um, cool little tidbits and thoughts. And I say tidbits. I've never said tidbits in my life. I hate that word. Uh, I'm not sure why I just said tidbits. If I ever say tidbits again, please email me and uh, let's see. Punch me in the face somehow through an email, if that's even possible, or tell me I'm punching you in the face right now because you said the word tidbits. I just said it again. So somebody has got to email me anyways. Also, we're going to get to Charlie in just a second here, but I'm going to, I'm going to stop blabbing. Um, go to Patreon, patreon.com slash sober guy radio. That's one way you can also help support the show. Um, you can also get access to the new real show with, with, uh, the Jess and I, um, it's, it's really just about being in a relationship in recovery. Uh, we air out some, some funny stuff, some serious stuff. Last episode, we talked about, uh, uh, codependency and you can get that on patreon.com slash sober guy radio. Let's do a quick iTunes review of the week. And then we're going to get to Charlie, the Spaniard Brenneman. All right. So this review comes from Chewy01, and it's uh, five stars. It's titled Supporting Sobriety. It says, the love and support that you breathe back into the recovery community with every podcast has been amazing. I'm in my second year of sobriety, and you've done a great job of showing us all where we can find new information to help along the path. Thank you, and keep it up. Chewy, thanks, man. Thanks for supporting us. Those reviews on iTunes are awesome. And... um they really help rank the show and help other people find the show. So another great way to support us, go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Um, I told you we were going to get to the episode. I lied. One more quick thing that I have to announce. 
um, last episode, episode 102 with Joseph Nas, um, Joseph's book, The Straight Pepper Diet, we had a couple copies that we were going to give away to the first uh, few people that could email us and tell us what straight pepper diet means. So I'm not going to tell you, I'm going to have you go look it up yourself and find it. But if you go to page 69 of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and it has to do with sex. So I'm not sure if that was just a coincidence that it happened to be page 69. Uh, that is the, uh, the dirt ball brain of mine where it automatically goes the dude in me, I guess. But in any case, you can look it up and see what straight pepper diet means there. John from New York, Diana from Massachusetts and Becky from Indiana, all, uh, sent in the emails. They were the first three. I got a bunch of them, but they were the first three. And so they're going to get those books shipped out to them this week sometime. So thank you guys for, uh, for interacting and being a part of the show. And, uh, you're going to love the book. It's awesome. Um, it goes into much more detail, uh, about Joseph's story, even then we touched on in the, uh, episode one Oh two, uh, which is, it's absolutely an amazing, ridiculously crazy story. So if you haven't heard that yet, go back and check it out. Now, without further ado, let's get to Charlie the Spaniard Brenneman. All right, welcome. We're talking with Charlie the Spaniard Brenneman today. And uh, Charlie is a professional MMA fighter, a former member of UFC. He's a mentor. He's a speaker. He's an author. He's an all-around good dude. And uh, I'm, I'm very blessed to have him on the show today. Charlie, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. And, you know, it's it's oftentimes hard for me to say what I do. You know, people will say, what do you do? And it's very hard. <laughs> and you just put it into it. If I could actually borrow that audio clip, I'm just going to repeat that. <laughs> All right, man. I'll, se- I'll send it over to you. I'll cut it up and, and uh, send it over. <laughs> Thanks. Right on, man. Well, hey, it's great to have you on the show. I know we've been kind of going back and forth and trying to make this happen. Um, you know, honestly, this show the main focal points of it is, is addiction recovery. It's, it's recovery, uh, from life really though, is what I've come to realize. And, uh, um, you know, I thought kind of, you know, how, how can I have Charlie on and, and, um, you know, how can we talk about his story and relate it? And, in in all honesty, man, the more that I thought about it and, and the more, like I have a buddy Christian, him and I are pretty close and, and we talk, he's, he's not alcoholic. He's not an addict, but he brought it to my attention a couple times is that, man, like we struggle with the same things. The only difference is, is that, you know, you chose to use alcohol as a tool to kind of handle that. I do other things. So I guess my point here is uh, this is a life struggle for many of us. And it's about trying to better ourselves and better our families. And uh, you have a lot of experience with that. And um, I'm, I'm really interested into uh, into diving into it. You also have a book that um, that you have put out called Driven, My Unlikely Journey from Classroom to Cage. And I'm about three quarters of the way through that. And it's a phenomenal book. Uh, so we'll dive into that, man. Maybe you can maybe you can start with uh, with a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background, and we'll kind of roll from there. For sure. And to touch on what you said earlier with with the intro there and connecting the two the two paths, I mean, you're you're exactly right. So, you know, I grew up and I was very fortunate. I had a great family, great parents, a great, you know, I, I oftentimes joke and say I was born in Pleasantville, but I mean, <laughs> all reality, it, I kind of was. I mean, I was very lucky, very fortunate. Um, and and I never got into drugs and alcohol, but as you said, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a you know, my, my wants, my desires took me in another direction, but the power of those wants and desires shaped who I was and the struggles that I have are a result of, you know, the, those desires I had. So when you look at it that way, it is, it is pretty similar. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but like I said, I grew up in Pleasantville, Pennsylvania. <laughs> it's oh, that's really the name of the it. town? No. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was about to be like, oh, no way. <laughs> I almost just went with it, but no. Yeah. It's called uh, Hollidaysburg, very, very small town, central PA. And, you know, I grew up a wrestler, and, and man, that sport is, it shaped me. I owe it. You know, if wrestling, if I could, whatever, make, make a statue of wrestling, I would, because it, it really shaped me into the man I am today. And though I became a UFC fighter, wrestling is truly where it was at for me. I mean, that, that, that sport introduced me to heartache and success at such a young age. And it just, man, it just builds you up and tramples you down. And oftentimes I wonder if the sport is actually fun. You know, like I just had a son. I hope, you know, I hope he wrestles, but like, yeah. I'm going to tell him straight up on the first day. Yeah. This is not fun at all. Yeah, man. Congrats on that. That's how old is he? Thank you. He's uh, two weeks old. Oh, two weeks? Oh, yeah, damn. You have... did just have a son, man. Congrats, dude. That's that's super awesome, man. Thank you very much. Yeah. One of the but, best uh, things, man, being, being a dad, man, there's nothing better. One of the most challenging things, though, at the same time, I got to say. <laughs> it certainly is. And I'll tell you what, you know, uh, I'll get back to my story quick. But so I'm a big proponent of reading. I think uh -huh. reading is like super valuable. I do it every morning. Yeah. And I tell you what, I, I just read How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, that's a great book by Dale Carnegie. Yeah. And oh, I yeah. literally think it changed my life. I, I really and truly think it changed my life. The way I interact with my wife, like understanding that, that how stinking overwhelmed she is and, yeah. and being a sounding board and putting my wants not first. Yep. Um, so it's, it's it, funny too, how that book was written. Like I, I want to say, I don't know, what was it? The thirties or I, it, I know it was written it was years ago. ago. Yeah. And it, how relevant it is to today still. So, I mean, there's something there that, that um, it's timeless in a sense. For sure. Um, yeah, so my son's name is Rocky, by the way. Um, nice. Rocky. Yeah, powerful name. That's a damn powerful name. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I took wrestling up through college, had a so-so career, and, and but I ended on a high note. And that high note took me back to Pleasantville, Hollidaysburg, <laughs> and I became a Spanish teacher and wrestling coach. And then I... I, I Oddly, luckily, got cast on a reality show on Spike TV called Pros versus Joes. Yeah. And I ended up winning it. And when I won it, it was like the first time, and we're talking about, you know, we're, we're, everything we're talking about, whether it's with addiction or whether it's with pursuing the UFC, et cetera, is, you know, it's discipline or lack of discipline. You know, mm. it's, it's this, this issue of these things in front of you. And when I went into that show, I, I had always been a good athlete, but I, I was never like the best. Yeah. But, for some reason, uh, through that experience at, I think I was 23, 24 years old, I knew I was going to win. So, and I won. And I got home and I said, holy crap, that never happened before. I never had that much confidence in myself. It's like, I, I just, it never happened. So I thought, what the heck can I do with this confidence? Yeah. And then it was like, well, the only thing I'm good at is physically dominating people, grabbing a hold of people, throwing them down, putting them on the mat. And uh, that's what led me to the UFC. And on a whim, one day, I left my Spanish teaching classroom and said, I'm going to be a UFC fighter. And then I put a plan of action in place and, and eventually got to number seven in the world. And now I'm, I spend my time speaking, learning, and, and sharing my experiences as a speaker and mentor. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. And I, I, love, I love the fact of pointing out that um, I know exactly what you're talking about when you know 
that when, when there's no doubt in your mind and it's not a it's not an overconfident arrogance type because I've experienced it too where and and for mine it's it's been with a couple of things like it was like for instance I can think back to one there was a job and as soon as I saw that job it was in the paper I mean, this is when I, this is when I was probably I don't know 19 20 when I saw that job, I knew I was going to get it no matter what. There was no doubt in my mind and I ended up getting it. And so I, I know exactly what you're saying, a little different scale, obviously there. Um, but do you still experience that? And how have you been able to kind of transition that into other aspects of, of your life? For sure. And, and, you know, yes, I I do still experience it and I I experienced it, you know, like I said, I just have my son, I my son, Rocky. I also have a daughter named Gracie. And I, and it all goes back down to mindset. So my podcast is called a fighter's mindset and it has nothing to do with literally fighting. It it has everything to do with living with a fighter's mindset, believing, you know, believing that I'm going to win this fight in this fight, whether it's your fight with addiction, whether it's your fight with getting up early, whether it's your fight with your job, annoying coworker, patience with your kid, whatever it is. And for me, I, I, you know, I look at my, my kids and I truly believe like this was a decision I made that I am the best father in the world. And, you know, <laughs> you That's might awesome. be a better father than me. Uh, my brother might be a better father than me, but it doesn't matter because I believe that I am and my actions reflect that belief. So, yeah. you know, it, someone listening might say, well, well, if you're not really that thing, then why, why would you even believe it? And I would say, well, if you're going to be that thing, you <laughs> yeah, you got to fake it till you make it. <laughs> exactly. man. that belief is step number yeah. one. Well, no, and I, I and I had something that I, mean, I pointed out, or I, I took some notes on quite a few things that really stood out to me in the book. Um, one of them, mental game directly affects your physical game, and so it starts with with our minds, and that's kind of what you're alluding to right now. Um, when when we think positive, when we think negative, we're going to get the outcome that we're thinking about. So whether it's being a good dad, whether it's being a fighter, whether it's you know hosting a good conversation on a podcast, or it's just showing up and going to your job and doing the best job you can do, um, you know it starts with us. There's that self responsibility piece uh, when we're talking about life in general. For sure, and you know part of what I'm doing now is speaking, and I, I do a good bit of speaking in schools with with youth and educational settings, but I'm also branching into corporate speaking, and. You know, one of the things I always ask is, you know, I, I talk about leadership and I ask about leadership. Who are some examples of leaders? And it's always the same thing. Pretty much Tom Brady, I feel like, <laughs> Pey- Peyton Manning, yeah. always the president of the United States. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone says that, but then I, I say, no. And this goes back to what you said about, you know, it starts with us. It's like, no, you, you are a leader. You, you lead yourself. You lead yeah. everything. You know, the, the world reacts to you, how, how you act to the world. And, uh, you know, I think it's extremely important to have that awareness that, oh man, I am my own leader. I got to lead myself. Yeah. That self-advocacy is huge. And that, and that comes with, I think, growth and learning about ourselves. And in, in order to, for us to learn, um, about ourselves, we got to be honest with ourselves. And I guess that would kind of, um, that would kind of bring me into, into a little, a, a, a story, I guess that's in the book that I thought was kind of funny. And I think that it's, um, I think especially for dudes out there, for grown men, we don't like sucking at things like to suck at something 
it sucks and it's hard to admit, but if we can't do that, how are we going to learn it? How are we going to grow? And so when you talked about two of your mentors, Dave and Darcy, and when you went to initially see them to start training and you're a wrestler, like you, you've never, you know, had a lot of experience kicking. And so you had to basically learn like how to kick. And I'm, I know that probably is not an easy thing to go in there and actually, you know, not be very great at something and have to do it, but you did take us through that process and how that's kind of turned over, um, into your, into your life beyond just learning how to kick. Yeah. You know, I talk about that in my book and, and you cut out there for a minute, Shane. So I want to make sure I'm answering the, the question correctly. If I'm not just sure, <laughs> hard sure. to stop me and let me know. All right. Um, but yeah, when I went into professional fighting, like I literally had to teach myself. I didn't know. I, I had never been in a fight. You know, I was I was beat up one time when I was a kid, and and I tried to run away from it. So I I didn't I didn't like it, man. Yeah. I didn't. I, I wasn't a natural fighter. So yeah, I went into to to my gym. Like on the first day, I threw a kick, and it, the, the, my coaches didn't laugh out loud at me, but they 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 almost did. I mean, yeah. you know, years later, they they, they kind of told me how awful it was and how they had their hopes up and when they saw it, their hopes were down. So for me, the, the, you know, and, and I listened to Jocko Willink, uh, a lot. He's a, he wrote mm. extreme ownership and he talks a lot about humility. And mm. I just think that humility is the key to everything. If you can walk into any situation, be a, be a sponge, be a learner and, and drop your ego. I mean, it's huge and valuable in, in every aspect, yeah. man. That's, Dude, humility and recovery, and, and we talk about some of the 12-step programs, um, I get emails a lot about how um, I can't, I don't want to go out in my community. I don't want to go into um, a meeting, you know, and and I, I understand certain aspects of that, of course. So I'm not, you know, I get that there's fear involved, there's anxiety, maybe someone doesn't want to see someone they know. I get that part of it, but dude, you hit it on the head right there is it's humility in order for us to change and get better at things, whether it's recovery, whether it's, um, you know, our relationships with our wives, with our kids, with our friends or learning how to kick, um, you know, we have to experience that and let that ego down and, uh, and, and be able to be honest with ourselves. Right. So I think that kind of would lead me into how important support groups are so is it family is it friends is it um you know is it a, if you're in recovery is it a 12-step program i know you you talk a lot about a, su a support group you had your brother ben who was your brother obviously and is also your manager and and co-manager at one point and they um you know your team that surrounded you through your through through up and coming through um through fighting and then into the UFC was so strong and they were able to handle a lot of things for you and help you grow and help you succeed in the best way possible. Talk about how important it is in any aspect of life to have support around you and people that you trust. Yeah. You know, I, uh, so what I did when I decided that I was going to go into speaking and mentoring from, from fighting is I, I, over the years I had taken notes and I wrote down, uh, you know, my, kind of my success principles. And one of those success principles is surround yourself with the best. And it's not just people, it's everything. Like we, you know, the world is out there, the ether is out there and we're just this one little being walking around in it. So it, it's the TV that you watch, it's the music you listen to, it's the podcast you listen to, it's the people you're around, it's, it's the places you go. It's just this idea of surrounding yourself with the best. And when I decided that, that I wanted to start fighting, it was like, 
I, I made the decision that, okay, if, if I'm going to do this, there's only one way that I'm going to do it, and it's by being around the best fighters and trainers on the planet. Yeah. And so that was my mentality going into it from day one. And, you know, there's there's two things at play here. One, it's this idea of accountability. So I'm, I'm as I said, I'm not an addict, but I'm not recover, a recovering addict. So I, I don't want to speak as if I know because I don't, but but I, I feel strongly about this idea of accountability. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're if, if you're going out with with other, you know, guys and girls who are drinking and smoking, you're probably going to be pulled in that direction. If you go out with you know, someone like yourself, Shane, you're probably going to pull, be pulled in the right direction. So yeah. that power of influence and that accountability is huge. Yeah, it's, it is. And, and we'd had, um, we had Matt Mayberry he used to play for, for the, uh, bears in episode 101. And he was a, he was a teenage addict. And that was one of the questions I asked him, like, well, how did you, how did you get into that lifestyle? And he flat out said it was because, I mean, he takes responsibility for it. It wasn't, so he wasn't blaming, but he was saying the people I was hanging around, um, you know, criminals, drug addicts, like that's what influenced me and helped lead me down that path. So we got to surround ourselves with positive people and people that are going to help lift us up and not, uh, you know, not, not bring us down. Um, how'd you get the name Spaniard, man? So I used to, my last name is Brenneman. So it's not <laughs> because I'm Spanish. My, uh, well, I was a Spanish teacher. So yeah. that, that's where it originally came from. Uh, but my wrestling coach started out, you know, we do wrestling camps every summer and he'd give us all nicknames and I had real long curly hair and some of the, the older guys, you know, I'm 35, so my age and older, um, you know, would remember Antonio Banderas. He was like, yeah. he was it, man. He was the cool. From dusk till he, dawn. Yeah. He was the bee's <laughs> knees, man. He was it. And, uh, I kind of, kind of looked like him. So I coached our call me Antonio Banderas little by little that morphed into the Spaniard. So when I started fighting, I became the Spaniard before fighting, before pursuing the UFC, I taught junior and senior high Spanish for three years. Nice. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah, I saw, uh, there's a couple of pictures, man. I love the hair. Do you still have the long hair or do you, is it? No, I'll now? tell you what's really funny about that though. No, I don't, but I have <laughs> mugs. Like we, uh, my wife and I get like these little personalized mugs uh-huh. and just this morning i was drinking a coffee looking at a picture where i had this long curly <laughs> hair and i thought dang i kind of want to grow that back so i don't know <laughs> yeah man it's fun you gotta change it up sometimes too you know oh that's funny it's easier said than done man it's a pain in the butt yeah i know i know i, I actually have my I, i'm letting my mop grow right now too man and it's uh it's 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 fun because it's different but at the same time like out here in, in i'm in northern california and like yesterday it was like 100 degrees here yesterday still so wow. i'm like man dude if i just had a shaved head right now this would be a hell of a lot easier <laughs> yeah. um well w- one of the things i think people leads that leads people to um to substance abuse um you know and that could be a number of different things i i think i always first thought i think of as you know alcohol or drugs i mean that could be food that could be sex that could be um, all kinds of self-destructive things. Um, and I think a big part of that is anxiety, is, is stress, is um, certain, certain feelings that we don't know how to deal with. And um, when, we, when we put your career in context, you had um, you know, some of the, you're on a, a very big stage at a couple points in your career. And you talked about harnessing nerves and anxiety and being able to turn those into positive energy. And uh, I'd love for you to share a little bit your thoughts on that and how you were able to do that. Yeah. So, you know, understanding from the beginning that nerves, I was just listening to a uh, podcast this morning and, and it was talking about this idea. Uh, it was a quote. Jocko Willink was reading a, a quote from a, an, a, an old war book and it said mm-hmm. something about like no sane man 
is without nerves in battle or something mm-hmm. like that. Yep. And, and it's so true. So like right now, the importance is accepting like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be nervous. I'm going to be scared. I'm going to be overwhelmed, et cetera. Like that, 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 that's it. Yeah. You're never not going to be that way. So having that understanding and that awareness from the beginning is extremely helpful. And then what, what begins to happen is once you have that understanding and that, that, you know, uh, okay with, you know, okayness with, with it being yeah. that way, then if you just break things down in little incremental steps and bust your butt in every single one of those steps, the end product becomes not this, this big. So for example, you know, I'll go into a big fight against a big, scary guy, Anthony Johnson, Johnny Hendricks. Mm -hmm. So like you look at it at the surface and you think, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. I'm going to be on TV and fighting this animal. This is terrible, terrible. But then when you like rewind two months, how you lived your life, how I lived my life, how I trained, the food I ate, the people I was around, the sleep that I got, the recovery that I got, that process makes like the actual outcome that much less intense and that much yeah. less overwhelming. So it's kind of like you got to break down that fear. And another great quote uh, by uh, Jamie Foxx is, what's on the other side of fear? And the answer is nothing. So yeah. it's like it's you, you build one. up this build up this big mentality for this thing that that's abstract. It's not even real. So, you know, breaking it down, being real, putting everything you can into the process really helps that, that end product a lot more bearable. When you're, when you're going to a matchup like that on that scale and they say fight, um, are you in, is it like a surreal mode or is it like a chess mode? Like it's, or is it a, is it a combination of both? It's funny, right? <laughs> Right when you said that, right when you said fight, I like had a thing in my stomach because it was like, really? what? Uh, yeah. yeah, and then I'm That's crazy. Up, you know, my office, it's good. Yeah. Uh, no, so, so leading up to that point, okay, leading up to that very, so the ref looks at him, the ref looks at me, puts his hand and says fight. Yeah. Leading up to that, it is like slowed down to the max, like everything, every noise, every word, every face, every sensation on my feet like oh one thing i remember the most is the sensation of the uh canvas on my feet in the in Mm -hmm. the octagon and you know up to that point i'm thinking i'm thinking like literally i was thinking like what in the heck did i do to put me here right now (laughs) and then about when i get done saying now is when he says fight and then it is just boom it is it is like zero chess and go um and that's not to say you're not thinking and strategizing, but no, man, you're on autopilot. I was on autopilot. Well, anyway. And I think that kind of, that might go back to, I can't remember if we were talking before I, before we had started recording about this, I think it was, but about, about not overthinking things. And so when you're in that, in that moment, um, you know, that's, I would assume that's where all the training and just like you're saying, all the, the, the positiveness, the people that have surrounded you, um, all those elements leading up to that fight. Uh, that's where that's where all that comes into play. So you're not having to necessarily think. You're you're simply acting on instinct and what you know already. Was that kind of accurate? Exactly. You're 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 acting on what you've trained. You know, I'm not saying you just go in there and put your head down and swing. But yeah, yeah. You know, there, there's milliseconds that you got to react. So thinking is is not very conducive in that environment. <laughs> um, one of the things that is huge in recovery and and I think it's, it's huge in life at that is acceptance. And so I kind of feel like when we're talking about the anxiety, the nerves and stepping into, you know, something on, on a large scale, or, or maybe it's just something small that we're dealing with in our everyday lives. Um, how, how would you look at that acceptance piece? And maybe you can just talk a little bit more about that. Like that ain't, 
that part of anxiety when we freak out and we, we actually fight ourselves or let me speak for myself. I fight myself on that. So if I'm stewing on something and I'm just, man, I can't get out of my mind or it's pissing me off or, you know what, it could just be something around the house or something at work or whatever. As soon as I remember like, man, just accept it and embrace it. It is what it is. And thy will be done. Dude, there's something that comes over me that can just like that energy just flows out of me. And I feel like at peace is that, did you experience that at all in fighting or maybe just in your everyday life too? Yeah, very much. So uh, another favorite quote of mine is how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I look at, you know, so I, I set for myself a, a standard of excellence and I didn't say I live a life of excellence. I said, I strive for a standard of excellence. It's just, yeah. it, it's how I'm wired. It's how I was, I, I guess you would say trained. It's how I was raised as a kid for that to be the default. So yeah, I mean, I, I go into these fights or I would go into these fights, even in speaking and mentoring, man, like I'm up at 430 reading and learning yeah. about how I can be a better speaker and mentor. It, it, it's just it's how I'm wired. But I mean, that being the case, you know, you and how you live your life in sobriety, you know, like you just said, acceptance that will be done. Like I would walk into that fight and I would know I would accept it. Hey, man, this is a fight and anything could happen. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I'm at peace with that because the way that I lived my life up to that point made me feel that way. It's not like you get to the, it's not like you get to the counter and you and you purchase peace and, yeah. and like acceptance. <laughs> you earn it yeah. by the way you live your life. And yeah. I, I equate it to, and and I I would think you could equate this to addiction too. You know, I equate it to everybody because I was I was you know cool as a cucumber whenever they were whenever we get ready to fight. You know, my heart rate was normal. And I would just say that it's it's very similar to getting on an airplane. You know, when you get on an airplane, yeah. you you buckle up, and then that will be done, man. What, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to stop a plane crash. It, it, yeah. it is what it is. So that's how I felt going into my flights. I always hate the takeoff, man. That's the worst part. In the landing, <laughs> like once I'm up in the air, I'm fine. You know, I can kind of chill. But man, taking off just is like I'm like, <laughs> all right, here we go, God. <laughs> just, yeah, right. It's like whoa. Um, well, I think this, I, and I kind of. I guess we're going to back up just just a second here because I think this is some good, um, you know, some good insight here. But one of the things you also talked about is self-doubt. And when you when you were younger coming up, um, you know, through through wrestling in high school uh, and then even into your experience in the UFC, like how did you deal with self-doubt? How do you overcome that? And um, and, and how do you deal or do you have any self-doubt today? Yeah, you know, the, the growing up, how did I deal with it? I just uh, and this is all about mind. This is all about mindset. And that's why my my podcast is called a fighter's mindset because it. I just I made a decision. Um, I made a decision that I wouldn't quit, that I wouldn't stop, and I surrounded myself with the best people to reinforce that decision. You know, they actually yeah. probably created that decision in me. Um, but the self doubt, like. I mean, I just, I just kept going. I just kept putting one foot in front of the other. It followed me up all the way through high school into four out of the five years of my college career. And then I just made a decision, just like we talked about earlier in the conversation about being a UFC fighter. You know, I made a decision. I'm done with this self-doubt. I'm done with this clutter because that's what it was. It was just clutter that led to the self-doubt. And then I went on to have a successful, um, successful senior year and, and it was great. Then when I learned when I was fighting, like I would, I would not be nervous. And I, and it was like, why the heck aren't you nervous, man? This is so much scarier than wrestling and you're not nervous at all. You're not scared at all. And then I realized that it all came down to preparation, Hmm. like self-doubt, self-confidence or self-doubt is straight reflection of preparation. And 
you know, someone out there who's like, oh, well, that's crap. Well, all right, let, let's let's take an audit of your day. And this is this is why I enjoy mentoring. It's like, let's take an audit of your day. How many of your actions, if you had a thousand actions, how many of them were dedicated to your purpose, you know, to either staying sober, to being a great father, to being a great employee or boss, et cetera. And what you find is like, holy crap, there's a ton of room for improvement. Yeah. And then when that preparation is at a max, then the self-confidence is at a max. Yeah, man, that's great. That's, that's, that's right on point in, uh, doing the work and taking action. It's, uh, it's tough sometimes, you know, to stay, I guess you're, you know, for me, I'm really have, I really have to focus on staying, um, staying conscious and not letting my subconscious take over. Cause when my subconscious takes over, dude, I can walk around like a, like a robot, <laughs> like literally, you know, I'm not, I, th- I think I'm doing stuff, but like you pointed out, am I accomplishing the purpose that I set for today? You know, whatever that may be, it could be a number of different things. Um, you know, staying in tune to that. And I think you're probably, I, I would guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're probably on a pretty tight schedule, right? Like, do you schedule your day out pretty tight? You know, I, I pretty much have a big pocket where, because this is all I do, you know, speaking, mentoring, building yeah. this business is all I do. So I, I have a pocket of time and about a thousand tasks. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm getting better at it, but yeah, yeah I mean, there, there's not much aimless doing anymore, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, and it's hard. It's hard to do that. I'm working on that myself, and just trying to be very diligent about you know scheduling things so I can get the most out of the day. Um, you know, I wish sometimes there was 32 hours in a day. I'm like, I feel like I'd get more, but that's obviously not going to happen. Um, so, for me, one one of the biggest things uh, for me in my recovery in my life was realizing and coming to terms with the fact that um, you know, in in my opinion, and and how I see you know, myself and how I see my life is that I'm here to be of service to others and to help others and to, um, you know, to, to do the best I can through God, like God allows me to do that. So it's not me, it's through him. Um, I really was touched when I read the chapter in your book about Don messing. And did I say that right? Is it messing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just, just the way you describe the, the, the type of man he was and how you talked about, you spoke at his funeral and it hit you like you realized when you got up there, like it wasn't just me that was his, um, you know, his his best friend. So I looked at it like he affected so many people around him. And I, I bring this up for two reasons, Charlie, like one, because I want to give a little respect and a little love and, um, you know, to Don. And uh, even though I don't personally know him, um, I could tell the passion behind, you know, you describing him in in the, the type of man he was in the book. And then number two. I want to point out, you know, how, how, when we live a lifestyle like that, when we're genuinely willing, and this goes back even to, to, uh, how to win, how to win friends and influence people, the book that by Dale Carnegie, we we're talking about earlier, like that is how we should be able, you know, to live our lives and get full fulfillment. Like that's not going to come from, from a big house or, you know, a fancy car or a bunch of money, like, you know, really what that stems from is relationships and, and reaching out and, and helping others and allowing other people into our lives. So, um, I don't know, man, I, I know I said a lot there. Uh, I feel a bit passionate about that. I'm hoping uh, maybe you can elaborate on that a bit. Yeah. Yeah, man. And that's awesome. And I appreciate you doing that. It, it, Don, you know, whenever you said his name, you know, cause I didn't know you were going to go there. I, I smiled <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't, awesome. I just smiled. Cause that's what you do when, when someone's awesome and yep. they affected your life positively, whether they're still on earth or not. Well, dude, it, it, it's, it, it, it's funny. I don't, I don't mean to cut you off. But I just want to make sure I get this in is when I flip the page 
looked and his picture was there, I smiled. <laughs> and I didn't even know him. I didn't even know Don. You know what I mean? But I, just, I was like, dude, like, wow. You know, I was blown back. The, the mental image, if I don't know, listeners are wanting that and listen. The mental image that I got in my head when you said that picture made me laugh because it's the coolest thinking, awesome. awesome picture ever. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he was it. And, and he taught me a lot. You know, I, 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 to be honest, I think so much about his good that I don't, I don't, I was going to say, you know, I think about what we could do together, but more so I, I don't think about that. I think about just the, the impact he had on me and, you know, kind of paying it forward to other people. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say that I'm, 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 you know, this, this completely altruistic, selfless, I want to live on the streets. No, I, yeah. I want to create a life for my family that yeah. I dream of. You know, I want my daughter to travel abroad. I want her to, to, I love Spain. I want her to go there. I want to, you know, provide my wife with whatever she wants. But the, the, the bigger part of that, and, and I'm smiling thinking of Dawn, it's just, <laughs> it's like if you, one, yeah, I love it. It makes me feel good. But two, it's the ripple effect of, of, doing for other people and creating this giant ripple effect of yeah. positivity. So however many people listen to this episode are going to know Don Messing and hopefully they're going to Google him, go to my site, something and see this guy and yeah. just his smile alone. You know, if you get my book and you see it, it's going to make you, it's going to make you better today. Oh, yeah. I see that. Yeah. I, I, I promise too, man. I promise for those out there listening. Like I said, as soon as I saw Don's picture, I don't, I don't know. You know, I never knew Don, but I just, a huge smile. Same thing, man. It was really cool. It was really, really and, cool. Something definitely special about that. And he taught me what hard work was. You know, I, I, my dad is, you know, my biggest role model. He, you know, he's the best dad you could ever ask for. And there's different, you know, men in your life who serve these roles. And Don, man, he would get up at 4.30 and he would work until 7.30 or 8 at night, all in the service of other people. Of course, he was doing what he loved. He was making money, et cetera. But it was like, it was just it was it was incredible and I, i'll give you a a, a little quip here and I, uh, and this just ties back to the mindset and i talk about it in my book but i remember one time this will show you the power of of your thoughts you know as you battle addiction or you battle whatever challenge in your life don was eating this plain rice cake <laughs> like the most plain tasteless blah thing that you can eat and he was moaning like it was the most amazing, like whatever <laughs> steak or pizza or whatever, something yeah. good. And I was looking at him with like this confused, almost like puzzled look. And I was like, dude, what, what are you doing? I said, do you really love that? Or are you telling yourself that you love that? And he was like, like in between bites, he's like, well, isn't that the same thing? And then he just kept eating. <laughs> he just kept eating. And I was like, well, yeah, yeah, it is. Cause oh, you are, man. you really tell yourself so. That was yeah. a, a learning lesson. That's funny, man. And and when I hear that, and I, I think you, that's in the book, like you said, too, I was picturing uh, my – we had just watched What About Bob with my – we let my daughter – I don't know if you've seen that with Bill Murray. And uh, there, there's a scene in there when he's kind of doing that, too. He's going, mmm. He's just loving the food just so <laughs> much. Every bite is so good, and it's annoying the annoying the crap out of the uh, the dad in it. But it reminded me of that. Anyways, man. Um, yeah, dude, that's, that's good stuff. I uh, – I just have one more thing, man. I think, uh, I think we'll wrap this up. I really appreciate your time today, man. It's been great chatting with you. Um, one thing about identity. So, um, many, I've, I've told this story many times on the show, but when I got right home from rehab, like the first couple of weeks, 
Like, dude, I'm, I'm a California dude. I've never worn Wranglers and hunting vests and boots. I love old school country music, but dude, my identity was so lost. Like I did not know who I was. I, I lived a different lifestyle. And when I got sober, it was like night and day. And I was trying to find myself in my, I came home one day with cowboy boots and Wranglers and like this hunting vest. I never hunted before. My wife was like, who, who the hell are you? I said, I don't know. Right. So it took a minute to kind of find that. And I'm still learning that. I think every day I feel a little bit more like myself every day. Um, you went through, you know, a wrestling career, um, you know, a Spanish teacher, into the UFC. Now you're doing motivational speaking and, um, you know, you're an author, you're, your book, uh, you're working on other projects, you're a, a dad, all those things. Like, how do you, how do you kind of, um, how do you deal with identity and what does that word mean to you? Yeah. So, you know, that's a great, that's a great, uh, I don't know, great point, great question, a great segment. You know, I, you're right. I, I, and this took a while for me to understand. And Honestly, it's the reason that I went into fighting because I had finished wrestling and I didn't have an identity and I needed a new identity. And as I transition to speaking and mentoring, it's like the things have changed, but the person hasn't. Like the, 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 one of the, I, I have a course and part of the things I talk about is identifying your core values. And once you have those values, once you know who you are, it, it, and as you were talking, I thought of this quote. I don't know if it'll be genius or I'll sound like a dummy, but the best friend you the best friend you can have is yourself. So it's like get to know yourself, be okay with yourself, and and the rest is history. It doesn't matter if I pick up basket weaving tomorrow. I'll I'll be the same guy. I'll just be weaving baskets. You know, <laughs> I don't think I'll be buying a basket from you, Charlie. But I don't know. I'll take a look. You never know, man. Sometimes we but have the hidden point talents. Is, the point is. Once you know your values, you know, yeah. once you know what you stand for, it's across the board. I'm the same father as I am fighter, as I am speaker, as I am wrestler. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, hey, dude, thanks for thanks for your openness today, man, um, your honesty, sharing some a bit about your story and, and uh, about your insight. Uh, where can we find more information about you? And uh, if folks want to pick the book up, where can they go? For sure. All of my, all of my info is at charlie-brenneman.com. Um, if you just Google standard UFC, it'll come right up. And a couple of things, like you said, my book is there and, and I have to tell you, Shane, if this were a, a book report, you would get straight A, buddy. Uh. That was very, very good. So my book is there and two things that I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, aside from the book is I did, I started a podcast. I'm on episode, I think 17 releases nice. tomorrow. It's called a fighter's mindset. And, and like I said earlier, it's, it's applying a fighter's mindset and no quit. I'm not going to quit. You're not going to knock me down. I'm going to get back up mindset to your life and business. And, uh, and then another thing, this is like something I started doing 30, 32 days ago. I read every morning and I, like I said, reading is, uh, it changed my life. And because everyone doesn't either have the time or like to read, I started making morning videos, so three to five minutes where I summarize and apply what I've learned to my life and to your life. Nice. Um, you can get them on my social media. You know, the links are on my – actually, the videos are all on my website as well. So check out my social media and my website for all that stuff. Awesome, man. That's charliebrenneman.com. charlie-brenneman.com. charlie-brenneman.com. Well, hey, man, thanks so much for coming on today, Charlie. My pleasure, man. I appreciate it.